Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Tea and Twits. Just two girls talking about stuff that we care about. Laura, it is National Suicide Prevention Slash Awareness Month. And it's it's going to be a fun episode because we have Adam with us again. Yeah, they tried getting rid of me. They couldn't. We kind of can never get rid of you because, you know, you're technically like the Jeff of us. So I'm you're just kind of there. <laughs> sure, whatever you want to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, yesterday, being September 10th, was National Suicide Prevention Day. Uh, day. Sorry, there's two d- words. Words are hard today. Um, so we just want to bring you know awareness to uh, you know, suicide in our society and also mental health, um, kind of as an all-encompassing factor. And I believe Laura, do you I have, have some facts, facts for, us? for us. Wow, I was way too Lay happy it on about us. it. Okay, so um, <laughs> to start with, more than forty-three million Americans struggle with mental health issues or well, mental illness specifically. Um, and just so everyone knows, I'm getting these from DoSomething.org. So they have, like, all their actual sites and resources listed. Like, it's an actual dissertation. So go there. Uh, Young – I'm a mess today. Wow. There we go. Mental illness can affect people of any age, race, religion, or income. A mental illness is a medical condition that disrupts a person's thinking, feeling, mood, and ability to relate to others in daily functions. And depression is the leading cause, or not cause, is the leading kind of mental illness because so many people deal with it. Um, And half of all mental illnesses show early signs before a person turns 14, and three-fourths of them show before the age of 24. Yeah. Wow. On to the side of everything um this is a long number that i'm probably gonna screw up so i'm sorry Forty-seven thousand hundred and seventy-three americans died of suicide in 2017 which made suicide the leading cause of death in the u.s the 10th leading cause um and there were twice as many suicides as there were homicides in the United States in 2017. This is an issue. I have a computer that looks kind of like my boss's. I'm so sorry to get off topic. <laughs> and I, I tried to do a touch screen, but I don't have a touch screen. That makes so much sense. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm going everywhere. About 50% of people in the U.S. know someone who has died by suicide in their lifetime. And on average... One person dies by suicide every 11 minutes in the United States. Wow. You, and you'd think with how prevalent, you know, mental health and mental illness or suicide is in our society that, at least in the States, we would have a better mental health system to help combat that. But it's almost just written off as an afterthought. Yeah. And... In that same type of vein, it's kind of a stigma of, oh, no one talks about it. 
now I know our generation's kind of getting better with it and trying to make things more prevalent and aware of them. But there are some other generations that just still try and push it by the wayside. So we're trying to Mm -hmm. do our best. Yeah. Yeah. We will probably be the generation that that turns that tide completely. We just have to keep going back to the older generation. You also have to stop and think that they viewed it as a sign of weakness when in reality it's a sign of strength. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and this problem goes back quite a ways. And one thing that really wasn't said is that veterans are more likely more likely to commit suicide, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's a PTSD, mm-hmm. all that. Because that's realistic. If they're in a war zone, odds are they see their friends die right in front of their eyes. So. Yeah. And, that, and like I said, that our mental health system really needs a big reform. And in order to help, you know, veterans, you know, veterans, children, you know, older adults, they just, we need them reformed so that we can properly help these people and not just be written off, you know, kind of an afterthought or written off. Because it, it, it is important. Like, and I know some, most people, you know, most of the older generation nowadays are like, well, we're just over medicating, you know, those that, all they really need to do is just get over it. Like, that's not how that works. <laughs> no, works but there all. is a fact of like over medication is a thing, but yeah. it ha- it has no direct correlation right. to dealing with mental health issues. Yeah, exactly. And it is easy for people to say, get over it because they haven't gone through. Or, sorry, it's okay. Either they haven't gone through it, through it, or they're kind of pretending they haven't went through it, and that's how they were forced to get through it. So that's how they're making everyone else do it. Yeah, right. And if they haven't, or they're pretending, or whatever, it's also a case of. If you think back 10, 15, 20 years ago, like, it was such a taboo topic that, like, you bring it up, you're getting thrown into a nut house. So. Exactly. And I think this episode, for those who haven't gone through it or just want to pretend they haven't, I think this episode is going to be good for them to realize it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to realize you need help. Exactly. The more, more, the more open we are about talking about this stuff, the easier it's going to be to normalize it. Yeah. And that's something that needed to happen, well, 10 years ago. Yeah. But now it's just taking 
the younger generations actually do it. And the younger generation, like us, and the ones that are younger than us, are, I feel like, doing a good job at it. Just because of, Mm -hmm. one, a lot more of us are more open to talking about it. But two, there's social media now to where we can kind of put that out there. Like you see Rooster Teeth as being an example of they had a community talk yesterday. I didn't get to watch it, unfortunately. Like a live stream about mental health and suicide and all of that. There's now websites dedicated directly to mental health and suicide prevention services and help centers essentially mm-hmm. and i i wanted to watch that live stream i just wasn't able to but yeah you've got bigger you know more influential companies that are starting to really hit home about that and that's fantastic yeah. but it's up to you know everyone to to keep pushing it forward and it's actually kind of ironic that we're recording this today because we're talking about suicide and mental health and all that like 18 years ago there you kind of tied in there was an attack in New York and the first responders lost how many friends loved ones we can it's hard to normalize something like this without talking about it mm-hmm. and you think back to well, like that makes it ten times harder yeah it's just it this this entire week with it being um national suicide prevention week month you know it's it's very fitting so but i think now we're going to go into kind of our own personal stories you know just whatever we feel comfortable with sharing um without taking 20 minutes because we all do not have right without taking 20 minutes doing that currently (laughs) Yeah, unless we want to start blubbering, mm-hmm. um, no, we're gonna we're gonna try and keep it short. I've cried enough the can. last two days. I don't want to. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to hold in my tears because I know I'm gonna be crying for yeah. the end of the week. So, so I think our agreed upon um, order, Megan, my darling. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> now I'm actually. Um, Just remember, Megan, the bitch goes last. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, So I've I've really struggled with my mental health since a very young age. Um, Starting in kindergarten all the way up through college, I was actually bullied really severely for my weight. Um, So I started experiencing, you know, bouts of depression starting probably around five or six and was never treated for it. Um, Instead, my parents, when they took me to a therapist, it was for anger issues and didn't believe me when I told them, you know, I'm, you know, sad all the time. So I went untreated with my um, 
depression for many, many years. Uh, and it got to the point where um, a family doctor actually, you know, put me on medication to try and help, uh, help like balance out my hormones just so that I could feel somewhat normal. Um, but with the bullying and I also got death threats while I was in high school that didn't really help with my depression. So going into college, um, I was actually, actually assaulted, uh, while I was overseas for school and that led to developing, you know, PTSD. And, um, once I finally got out of school, uh, I was actually able to get, you know, my correct diagnoses. Uh, I major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, and PTSD, um, and was finally able to get the help that I needed. But that also came with a price because the only reason I started going to therapy uh, was because I had a nervous breakdown and tried to take my life, um, which was really scary. I was living alone had no one near me and just broke down in the middle of, of a work day and it's just uh, was a very very scary time for me um but once i was able to get um, the help that i needed uh was able to get the correct medications and stuff like that i started to feel better um and you know, there's always ups and downs with mental health struggles. Um, one of my downs being, you know, I, while I was going to therapy, um, during the time period I was going to therapy, not while I was at therapy, I should make that distinguished. Um, I actually was raped by someone. Um, and, you know, that reignited my PTSD. But unlike when I was in college, I didn't have the struggles with alcohol um, because after my sexual assault, I actually, uh, became a very deep alcoholic, um, and was able to pull myself out of that. So my mental health has kind of been all over the place, uh, in my adulthood, I guess, up until now. Um, but, uh, I'm still, you know, working through it. I'm still taking medication and I know that I will probably have to be on this medication for the rest of my life, but I would rather work on my mental health with that in my back pocket as a safety net than, um, get into that place again where I'm wanting to take my life. And that's also why I chose the career path that I'm going for with psychology and wanting to, um, be a therapist and wanting to help, you know, those, those people that need someone to talk to. That's my story. <laughs> I, I never know like what to say whenever he, he, oh my God, words are fucking hard. <laughs> so whenever I like, hear someone tell their story, it's like, I, I've always been on the receiving end of, oh, I'm so sorry, this, that, and the other, and I fucking hate it. So it's like, I never want to do that to someone, because I know they've probably been through that 20,000 fucking times and are tired <laughs> of hearing it, just like I am. It's the same thing whenever someone I know passes away, and I say things to their family. 
same thing of I never want to say oh I'm yeah. so sorry when it's like you you didn't do it right like I don't have to like put you in jail for murder or whatever so it, it's kind of <laughs> the same vein of I'm with you I love you blah 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 <laughs> just think I'm sorry is enough though same thing with thank you it's always hard because you don't know how people are going to react Mm -hmm. but but when I tell my story I'll proudly get into the reasons why I'm saying I'm sorry and thank you are sometimes the best but right now it just means you're there for that like that's how they mean it they just don't know how to articulate it without sounding condescending condescending is that a word i feel like we've made it a word it's not it is a word okay cool great it's pretty much being an arrogant fuck (laughs) Eh, true condescending not condescending i think you heard the why not the g i probably did Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've told my story so much, you know, more recently that, you know, it's, it's easier for me not to cry through it, especially going through the stuff that happened more recently, but it's still, you know, kind of, (laughs) it still like hurts, but the more I get comfortable with telling my story, the easier it's going to be for me to help someone else. I'm like cringing um even though for me I've been a very big advocate of helping places that have helped me so I essentially went to my journey actually let me start at the fucking beginning I guess um I know I've said on here before like my dad died when I was young blah 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 Simple term is my dad passed away about a week after my 10th birthday. Um, My grandmother followed not too long after. And it was a downward spiral after that. Um, After my dad passed and then my grandma right after I started self-harming. And from there, it was a spiral of everyone's going through so much for themselves that none of us knew how to help each other. (laughs) And it's one of those things of, I didn't know how to ask for help. I would say, Oh, the cuts on my arm are from the rabbit or the cat or, Oh, I fell. And I just thought that was kind of normal, the self-harm, all of that. (laughs) And then um, after I was also severely bullied, essentially, for my weight. So I had people (laughs) in middle school essentially telling me to kill myself. The first person who ever told me to kill myself was someone in fifth grade, which was the same person who also told me that my dad didn't die. He killed himself to get away from a daughter like me. And that was kind of the first 
time my brain had ever heard those words, like kill themselves, all of that jazz. So it just kind of went on a spiral until I got help from Tomorrow's Rainbow, which is an organization for grief counseling down near me. And it's through therapeutic course play and all of that. And I, they thankfully helped me Um, with the suicide aspect. I have in the same vein as the self-harm, it wasn't ever prevalent, but I had, well, I don't want to say prevalent because it is, but it's, I never spoke about it in depth during my like beginning therapy sessions. Um, but I have attempted suicide twice in my lifetime. Uh, hopefully that's the only ever fucking time I'll do it. Um, but for me, I've, since I was in eighth grade, early high school, I've essentially been talking about the entirety of my story in depth. And sometimes my talks will go anywhere from 20 minutes to half an hour or longer, depending on what questions people have for me. So I'm, I very much always say like, without that place without the help and support of everyone around me I would be six feet under so I thankfully am at a place now in my lifetime to where I don't want to say I'm happy all the time because that would be a fucking lie and I don't like lying about shit like that because of where it got me in the past so it's like it's one of those things of I'm doing the best I can and I'm happy where I am in my life now because i I hate dealing with what ifs and what ifs are probably the worst possible thing for me. And along the same vein of why I don't like the I'm sorry type thing is I've been lied to so much in my lifetime and it, it just integrates into the story and I don't want to go on for 40 minutes talking about it. Cause I will cry. Um, it's the same vein of, sometimes those words to me just seem so empty but they're not for other people so it's trying to one of the things I'm trying to work toward of being okay with hearing them and saying them <sighs> I if I keep going I'm just gonna rant so I'm done okay. <laughs> all right for, first of all <laughs> fuck that person in fifth grade yeah fuck them <laughs> because that that is Oh, that was that the only time where so I would have gotten suspended if my friend didn't, like, drag me away and, like, I broke down crying at, like, the back of the fucking field and all the first grade classes were out there. Everyone went back inside, like, my teacher, everyone, and I'm just sitting on the ground sobbing. And so my friend, like, kind of picks me up, and he's known me for years, and takes me to his teacher, who's also known me for years because my mother works at the school. And proceeded mm-hmm. to tell teacher everything, and a whole fucking thing happened after that. But yeah, that was the time that I would have gotten suspended from school for hitting a bitch. I, if I if I had been there, I would have been in the back it, of a cop car because that person would exactly. have been on the ground. So you know things, things. But just know that I love you, and I'm still I'm glad that you're still here. Yeah. So. Just remember, I won't get mad <laughs> when you yell at me. I generally deserve it. <laughs> you generally deserve it. I also <laughs> yell at all of you twits equally, except Megan. <laughs> because Megan yeah. is like my sounding Yay. board. 
I think <laughs> the least people yelled at would be Megan and Logan. Oh, completely 100% accurate. After that, I don't know if <laughs> me or Drew gets yelled at the most. Joe, 100% Joe. Because I'm a pro second. Oh, goodness <sighs> gracious. We're all of us. <laughs> I know. Well, the only reason why I'm doing this. Adam, I believe. The only reason why I'm doing this is because I want to get the laughs out. Because. <laughs> hey, I segued into my story. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, two out of three. Adam, I'm so sorry. You have to deal with this. <laughs> oh, us. trust me. Oh, trust me. So, I'm going to start from the time I was three. So, I was three. Outside playing, small town. A guy stops and asks me to fix his tire. Me being the stupid kid I was, went to help him. Only to find out later that he wanted to kidnap me. He did the same thing to a lot of other kids. Then I turned four. My friend's uncle, who well, I'll talk more about my friend later on, he goes ballistic or something. Again, I don't have a good memory. Pretty much turns me and my entire family. So, three and four, those are supposed to be good times. And I get to deal with that. Then, I turn five. I start school, all that fun stuff. I say the word shoot in class. And I get yelled at by a teacher for it. Not because I swore, but because people said I did. And while I was five, there were a number of other incidents like Gitsangi didn't want to be near me, my friend ditching me, me being cornered. Me being bullied for how you pronounce S's. And pretty much any word that starts with the nest. We go on vacation the summer I'm five. About a day or two before we turn. We find out our house was broken into. By my friend's uncle. So. That's not good. Six. We go on vacation again. Same thing happens. This time he pours gasoline in my dad's car. Doesn't light on fire. Just pours the gasoline. So about this time, I'm starting to think, was it something I did? What did I do to cause all this? I'm blame on myself. When I'm seven, when I'm seven, I nothing really bad happens, I believe. All I know is I got hit, hit in the head a lot with baseballs that year. So, probably concussion. Same thing at eight. At nine, I start slowing down when I'm eating because I'm just thinking I was too fat. This continues into when I'm 10, I find out we're moving. I'm upset because 
again, I wanted to try and fix everything I could with my friend and his uncle and all that. I used, well, I ate at most back then. Half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. Then when I got home, maybe some crackers for dinner. Depending on what we were having, with anything else, it was like Italian food. It was Italian food. I'd probably get a plate of that. Even then, I don't eat half of it. And again, it's because I thought I was fat. And I'm not touching on the bullying stuff because the two of you have touched on it. Then, turn 14, again, I don't eat anything. I, I weigh at best 130 pounds, if that. And I have a time selection done. I was out of school for a couple of days and I went to the state fair. I, about a day or two after the surgery, my brother goes into a coma. And just kind of touch on what my brother meant to me. He's the one person who I could trust with anything. Like, without him, I probably would have just gone ballistic. Just, I had no enjoyment in anything unless my brother was there. So, we spent eight agonizing days going to the hospital to visit him. Each day, you see that hope, that hope that he's going to get better this year. I tried keeping it together, but I really couldn't. On the fifth day, April 4th, we, we pulled him, we took him off life support. I couldn't feel anything except numbness. And it resonates with me so much because I had a group of friends who, when I first got out there, they and I I really didn't see eye to eye. And during those eight days, hell, even when it started, they were always there for me, getting my mind off things, making me laugh. So after those eight days, like, they were hard on me and didn't guess I said, they softened up because they realized, okay, I just went through something tragic. Others didn't. Because in school, I had no energy, energy to do anything. So sixth grade, a teacher sat there and said, Oh, well, you're just not going to graduate. I can't wait to see you back here again. No faith in me. No nothing. Seventh grade. Again, same thing. 
oh, you're just going to fail. And it was pretty much, why even bother with school when the teachers don't even care? Eighth grade was probably the worst year because that was probably the one year that I was pretty close to, well, committing suicide. But it wasn't just going to be a regular old suicide. Something that's become, something that's risen in the country is school shootings. I was going to commit one in eighth grade. The reason wasn't because I was playing violent video games or anything like that. It was because... I viewed it as they didn't help me when I was getting bullied. Why should I care about them? I'm pausing a lot because it's hard to really articulate just how disgusted I am with myself for that. And how disgusted I am for how I acted in ninth grade when I pretty much learned a friendship. And in 10th grade, how I pretty much drove somebody away. And when I say I drove them away, like, after my brother died, my dad and I didn't have a good relationship. And in 10th grade, I, I really pushed him away more. He'd get home from work, I'd go upstairs. Like, no, I... I know he wanted to know how my day went, how I was doing and all that. I just, I put the blame on everyone else. Other than, as I, I figured if I put the blame on myself, then maybe they'll be able to do the same. And I didn't want that. I tried doing it in eighth grade, again, told you what I was about to do there. And also in 10th grade, I did school a lot. Like to the point where the one time I didn't, the teacher just marked me as absent because they had no clue I was there. That was the year I, I decided to take a stupid photo which was me doing the Nazi salute because, again, I was a stupid kid. Looking back on those days, I regret everything I did. But more than that, I'm proud of myself because I didn't think I'd look GC20. Here I am, five, almost six years later, just now being able to realize what I want to do. So yeah, that's my story summed up. Thank you for being so open and honest in, in telling your story. It, it, we may not like the things that we did when we were younger, but that just shows how much of a better person we've grown yeah. into. 
And I think that's one thing people don't kind of understand is how someone can change so much from all of Mm -hmm. that because you now realize your mistakes, realize your wrongs and feel sorry for, for, for that, for doing those things. There's people who don't and that just hurts everyone around them in the long run. And it's one of those things of the same vein of there's no words to really kind of say other than thank you. We care about you, blah, 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 blah. Because I can't yeah. do touchy-feely shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <that> sorry. <laughs> like, kind of funny because I couldn't do that for... Oh, I still can. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> no, please do. Like, Megan knows that I don't do anything subtle. Like, yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> There's there an incident that we're not going to talk about that she even commented on. So she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. And I... <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. I skipped over <laughs> talking about that because, again, my friend was like a sister to me, and I didn't get a chance to tell her. So I started blaming myself again. That's the one big thing about, you know, mental health in general is that you, you tend to blame yourself for stuff that's beyond your control or beyond your purview. And it's very hard to get yourself out of that mindset. I still have, I still struggle with that. And yeah, it's, it's just something that we have to, you know, we have to live with. It's like, we know, we know it's not our fault. We can't help feel like it's still our fault. And it's not narcissism. It's just the way that our brain has learned to cope. Yeah, and now that we have Joe, we can also blame Joe. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, that's not healthy either. Uh, But also, yeah, you're kind of right. Joe, if you listen to this, why are you listening to our content? Why are you listening to our content? We're the only ones who listen to our own content. You should know this yeah. by now. That's not true. We have people Wait, that we listen do? to us. I have been... Shit. Yes, we do. I'm so sorry to people who actually listen to us. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, they continue, they continue to listen and we this love you guys. true. I'm so sorry for dealing with um, bullshit. <laughs> um, they're... Um, well, oh my gosh, uh, that's that. why I wrote it down. Um, yeah, so we do want to kind of also go over some misconceptions both about suicide and mental health just because there's so much bullshit out there, and nowadays it's so much as far as how we said it's awesome that we can talk about it and be open about it now because of all the media outlets and everything we can do that but there's also misconceptions out the fucking wazoo about it so um i'm gonna start with the suicide ones first because just because there's only five of them but oh let me rephrase that there's only five that i have currently in front of me (laughs) um (laughs) suicide only affects individuals with the mental health condition which is completely wrong first of all um, there's mm-hmm. a whole series of things that it could be about. Like, yes, like for me, 
it doesn't just stem from the one thing. It's a whole slew. It's like a spider web almost. There's that one central line and 40 things stemming out from it. So yeah, it, right. that's kind of like the best comparison I can do, even though I fucking hate spiders. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like spiders. Uh, no. <laughs> we'll move on from that. No. Uh, um, once an individual is suicidal, he or she, or I'm just going to do, they will always remain suicidal. Completely false. Will will there exactly. still be it, some it, suicidal tendencies occasionally? Hundred percent. There's some mm-hmm. years or days where I'm just not in the greatest place, and thankfully I've kind of learned to recognize those signs of myself. But I'll be like, okay, cool. Here's where this goes. Okay, like there's some weeks where if I need to take pain medication, I like make sure I take it in front of like my mom or my brother or whatever, just because I know my brain's gonna be like, mm-hmm. oh, take twenty more of those. Yeah. And, and I even, like, speaking from experience, that's kind of why I'm in that transition of, of moving, you know, down to Texas with my parents after, you know, my last suicide scare. It's not that I, I want to be alone all the time. It's that I need that yeah. support system. So if my support system is moving, I'm going to move where that support 100%. system is yeah. going. Okay, next one. Most suicides happen suddenly and without warning. That's like <laughs> no. a big flashing stop, red flashy lights. Um, warning signs, either verbal or behavioral, are perceived nearly every suicide. I don't want to say always mm-hmm. do because there are some that there may be like that one in a hundred. So most is how what I'm going to say. But you need to kind of understand some of learn and understand some of the warning signs just to not only one help yourself but if there's someone around you that struggles with it or could be struggling with it to be able to look at the signs either if you think maybe it's better for you to approach them just be like hey are you okay and tell me truthfully are you okay or to take it to someone in a higher power of hey i don't know if they're doing so well yeah yeah if 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 you've got someone close to you that you know has started acting out of the norm than what they're usually doing ask them it may be awkward as hell ask them how are you doing and and are you okay those words mean more to anything if someone's yep. struggling because it shows them that someone cares and to kind of elaborate on that like they say that it happened suddenly, you said? Yeah. I think yeah, it's a, yeah, I couldn't understand how to, like, articulate words. So I yeah. said the word suddenly. Yeah. I can say that's generally false. Partially from my own experience. Because it's easy to say it happens suddenly, but they could be playing it months, even years in advance. Mm-hmm. True. Like, when I said that my dad and I have this great relationship, I was pushing him away because if I took my life, I didn't want him to think he was the reason. Right? As I felt like if I was mm-hmm. too close to him, he would blame himself. 
And when I went to ask him about it, and this is going back to an earlier topic, he told me to pretty much get over it, but he didn't mean it in a get over it, it's weakness type of way, as much as it's just, okay, he's pushed me away for so long, he's just doing this for attention now. Right. So, you have to keep an eye out on everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. The next one is people who die by suicide are selfish and take the easy way out. Fuck you. First that of all. That is completely false. <laughs> um, along those same lines, I do want to touch on the word choice of what I just said. Because it is also in like the website I'm reading. But um, I hmm. used to say, say commit suicide because I've had, oh god, six six people I know die by suicide and I used to, when I was saying it in, like, our group setting, in, like, our circle, I always said the words commit suicide and our, the, like, I don't want to call her a psychologist. She's essentially my therapist. Um, she mm-hmm. essentially, we had the talk of how it has such negative connotation to it. When you hear the words commit suicide, it's like, oh, they were a coward, they're weak, this, that, or the other. When you say die by suicide, it's like, oh, okay, it's no fault of their own. Yeah. And that's what the word kind of commit has to it. So it's like, oh, someone commits murder. Like, someone's physically killing another person. Right. Die by suicide is, I don't want to say the nice term. It's by far not a nice term, but it's. More accurate. It's more accurate for one, but it also helps the people who are dealing with that death. It helps them try understand that it wasn't a bad thing they did. It wasn't their fault. It wasn't bad. There was nothing they, I don't want to say there was nothing they could have done, but there's, there's no bad energy to it. Minus like the death Mm -hmm. part, but even like words. I don't, even then I don't think there's any, negative connotation with it because for some as bad as this sounds they may view it as being helpful Mm -hmm. and that's a bad way of looking at it and if you think somebody's about to commit suicide take it to somebody you trust like Mm -hmm. I can honestly say there's one teacher my high school who if I felt somebody was about to commit suicide I would go to them for help mm-hmm. and that's just because he he was willing to go out of his way to make sure I went to a to a lunch because I won a stupid contest in school like to the point where he mm-hmm. he asked me to give give him my dad's number so he could call him and ask if it was alright if he gave me gave me a ride there. So you have people who you can trust. Yeah. Okay. And back to before we move on, but back to that selfish yes. comment in in the last one. What people fail to understand is that the the un those who 
take their lives by suicide. The selfishness is not something that you know would probably describe them. That yeah. that's a that's a thing that has you know they've taken so much time and thought of every single thing. Thought about who would miss them if they're gone. Thought about family. You know x y and z and they're thinking that that's the only way that their family can or their loved ones can can cool. have a better life yeah and along that same line it's so that that person in particular ends their suffering kind of in the most final way so they're not hurting anymore yeah exactly i think best word for this well the way everybody's put it probably but is a temporary or it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the last one for suicide I have is that, which kind of goes along with the whole podcast, is that talking about suicide will lead to and encourage it. False, first of all. It's the stigma of it is the yeah. issue, which is why word choices started to change and why. There's now more hotline support groups and more mental health professionals kind of starting in the work field because it's becoming less stigmatized. Exactly. And on top of that, like I said earlier, but it's been such a taboo topic. So most of the older generation would view it as if you talk about it, you're encouraging it. Whereas if you keep it buried, you're not. I can honestly say that. Had I released everything I had bottled up when I was 16 or 17, I can guarantee my life wouldn't be this way. I could guarantee I'd be a lot happier. My dad and I would have a great relationship. I wouldn't push my friends away. And again, going back to my friend, I could at least been there to talk to her and explain that she's not alone. Right. And speaking of being alone, this podcast, again, we're tackling the taboo of it. But we also want you guys to know you're not alone. You are never alone. And if you guys ever need, you know, someone to talk to or, you know, you just want to share your stories, you know, our our Twitters are always open um, for you to send us messages. And we will give those Twitter bios or those Twitter handles at the end of the podcast. But you guys are never, ever alone. Correct. Okay. And uh, do we want to also do the, like, a few mental health ones real quick? Or do we just kind of want to leave it at that? Let's do some mental health ones. Let the webpage look. Okay. (laughs) My computer, like, exited out of it. Okay. Da-da-da. We're not going to do that one. Oh, this is one that I've heard so much and I'm pissed at. People with mental health need health issues 
even those that are managing with their mental illness cannot tolerate the stress of holding down a job. Listen. <laughs> Megan and I can attest to this. Go fuck Listen. yourself. Go fuck yourself indeed. I have held down a full-time job for the last four fucking years dealing with my mental health. So no. <laughs> That's no. not I true. I get temporary jobs. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Why am I laughing? Because it's oh, me. That's us. That's us. Like, Why am I laughing? Why am I laughing? I shouldn't be laughing. It's a coping mechanism. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. But it's just how we are. Like, yeah. We could mm-hmm. say something completely serious. And that laugh. Have, yeah. <laughs> it's we like just, when we play Cards Against Humanity and we're all like, yep, going to hell. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Driving the bus. Or when somebody's all happy, happy looking at their phone, looking at Instagram or something, they just look up and just say, I want to go back to looking at my phone. <laughs> oh my God. Gosh. Okay. Never see the light of day, will they? Okay. Um. <laughs> That there is no hope for people. People? People. I swear I'm okay. (laughs) There is no hope for people with mental health problems. And like once that once someone develops mental health problems, they will never recover. Fake news. (laughs) Fake news. Uh, Along those same lines, it's like, yeah, there it'll may always be there it's like the anxiety disorder will always be there the manic will always be there yes but it they're not gonna be a, i don't i don't know how to fucking say they're it. they're not held hostage by thank it. you thank you perfect per- our, our mental our mental health does not define us yes. correct there we go this is why you guys are here because i can't articulate words <laughs> we know it's a hard topic yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we also prevention that people don't like talking about it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that prevention doesn't work and that it is impossible to prevent mental illness. Prevention does work in a lot of ways of kind of in how we're doing now. Talking about mental illness and the issues and everything will help people actually cope better in the long run because yeah. they're going to mm-hmm. learn one of the risk factors for any type of trauma, anything like that, but they'll understand their emotions and how to express them in correct ways and everything like that. It's like, when you play, this is going to be horrible just because I was playing The Sims earlier, but when when you're raising kids in The Sims, they give you these prompts that are like, oh, it'll raise their manners or it'll raise their emotional level. It's that. It'll raise their emotional level to a baseline to where they can understand the world around them. Exactly. It is, I think the way of putting it is kind of, it's unlearning what we thought. Yes. So like, for me, like this is helping me realize, hey, very good is not good. As a matter of fact, it makes you stupid. Because you push people away you put blame on yourself, or that's going to never be happen no matter what. 
and it makes you think you're not going to pass a certain age. Whereas if you let it all out, you tell somebody, you tell a friend, you can get out of that. They can be there. They can, for all intents and purposes, hand you a rope out of that hole. Yeah, bottling up what you're thinking and feeling about um, is what landed me in a nervous breakdown, so I would not recommend that. No, no, zero out of ten, would not recommend. (laughs) Sorry, I needed some sort of levity. (laughs) Alright, that's the last one I had, because the other ones I hated, so I exited out of the window. That's that's fine. I think that's very a good cool yeah. thing to do. I hated the other one, so good, I left. <laughs> I think it's a good place to end. Yeah. Um, but before we completely end, we do have some um, numbers, some numbers, and some resources to uh, for those who are struggling with either suicidal thoughts or just their mental health in general. Um, I will leave the numbers in the description. Uh, just because it, it's better than trying to say a whole bunch of numbers and have someone try to copy them down really quickly. Yeah. Um, but the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline um, right now is actually running a campaign that I, I think is fantastic. It's called Be the One To, basically meaning like be the one to help someone through a crisis, be the one to be that listening ear for someone, um, just you know to make their community a better place. May I touch and, real quick? Yeah, go ahead. The campaign be the one too. Like I said back when we did our Pride Month episode, like be the one person who lends the helping hand, their shoulder to cry on, the helpful ear. Be the one who calls things out. I'm going to say this, but your friends may may hate it. They may hate you afterwards but in the long run they're going to realize what you did for them helped them mm-hmm. so be the one to help exactly um, the next resource we have is uh, for our LGBTQA plus community uh, the Trevor Project um, and you know, that's really good for those that are, um, you know, dealing with your mental health regarding your sexuality or um, suicide, suicidal thoughts because of sexuality or gender identity or stuff like that. So that one is a really good um, resource to use. We also have uh, To Write Love on Her Arms, which is a, um, a website, but they can help you get connected with uh, resources in your area. Um, if you do need help. And we also have the Jed Foundation, um, which is another phone number, but that one is, uh, you can also text them to uh, get started um, with just uh, someone to talk to about mental health and, um, you know, suicidal thoughts. But uh, one of the best things that you can do just for others is just be there to be a listening ear. Yes. You know, let someone know that you're thinking about them or that, you know, you need help. Reach out to people. 
because like we said earlier, you are not alone. There are people there for you. And, you know, we are here for you if you need to talk to us. Yes. So with that being said, um, like I said earlier, our Twitter uh, DMs are open if you do need someone to talk to. Uh, my Twitter handle is Master of Psych 17 I am Lady Laura one um, You may not be able to get to me like like today because apparently my account's locked because I violated something. So I'm going to fix that right after we get off. Of course you violated something, Laura. <laughs> no, oh it's because my age or something. So I changed something in my account. Now it's like, oh, you violated shit. And I'm like, it's fine. So apparently I'm All a horrible right, person. Then. You're not horrible. <laughs> Yes, I am. <laughs> but we have a main account at CyberTwitch Pod, and my personal account is at the Atom Bomb Night. Again, our DMs are always open. Slide in whenever you feel the need to talk. I. Not even going to touch it. Not even going to touch it. Just going to continue. I I think I feel them prepping daggers for some reason. My sword's (laughs) too far. (laughs) I have to, like, leave my bed to get it. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening in uh, on this very uh, needed podcast for National Suicide Prevention Month. Um next month will be a fun one with me and Laura where we talk about the spoopy season. <gasps> spoopy season! <laughs> yeah! It's also so look called forward school to season. that. Spoopy! 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 School! <laughs> but so... Spoopy. No! So look forward to this that. This is not your and podcast. Until, <laughs> <laughs> until next time, thank you guys uh, so much for listening. We love you and we will see you later. Bye! Bye!